And thank you so much, y'all, and thank you for being here today. Listen, when, when you uh, look in the seat backs in front of you, you'll see a Connect card. And so if you're here for the first time, I'd love for you to grab that Connect card, fill it out. And if you happen to be worshiping with us online, we're glad that you are. I invite you to just let us know by clicking the button that says Connect card and fill that out. Let us know um, that you're worshiping with us. Hey, earlier in the service, we sang a great song. It talked about how Jesus is perfect. You know what's not perfect? Me. I'm not perfect. So somehow, the studies that are on your seats are from July 2021. And uh, so it's not a time warp. We don't have to go through the last year again. Um, But we will get that corrected. You probably can go to our website, goodnewsloves.com, and download this year's July study. And we'll have this year's July study for you um, next week. And uh, so apologize for that. Since we're not perfect yet, uh, we need a lot of prayer. So on your seats also was a prayer guide for this week, and I just invite you to, to take the prayer guide and let it help you be guided in praying through the six petitions of the Lord's Prayer throughout this week as you spend time alone with Jesus in the Word and prayer each day. And I just invite you to use this guide. It has some, uh, some ways that you can be praying up, praying in, and praying out. Uh, all that's explained on the prayer guide. Grab that, use that this week, and we hope to be providing that for you each week as um, we continue to gather and worship. This morning, um, I'm going to read two passages of Scripture, and we're going to look at this topic of parenting from Colossians chapter 3. And if you just keep your finger in Colossians 3 and flip back just a few pages to Ephesians 6, I'm also going to read the parallel passage that Paul writes to the Ephesians church. So I'm going to read this, then we're going to pray, and then we'll dig into the passage together. Colossians chapter 3. All right, here we go. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things. For this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Fathers, do not exasperate your children so that they will not lose heart. Then from Ephesians chapter 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you, And that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is God's word. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Let's spend some time in prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, help us. Help us to to hear the good news of the gospel as we study this passage this morning and and help us to delight in the fact that we have a heavenly Father who loves us and cares about every area of our life, that we have a faithful older brother, Jesus, who has secured for us a salvation, a precious salvation, more precious than silver, That we have a Holy Spirit that dwells and lives inside of us that assures us that we really are children of God. 
Father, Son, Holy Spirit, help us as we study this passage this morning to live out of our adoption to sonship as children and parents in gospel-centered, gospel-saturated homes. Help all who hear and the one who teaches. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So this happened this week. My wife and I were driving somewhere, and we had the phone, and Sue Ellen used Siri to try and call our daughter, Madeline. She said, hey, Siri, call Madeline Ackerman. And Siri very politely came back and said, I don't have Madeline Ackerman in your contacts. We said, you don't have Madeline Ackerman in your contacts? What are you talking about? And then we realized... Hey, Siri, call Madeline Foreman. You see, our daughter is 23, and she's married, and she has a new name. And it struck us just how much our lives have changed. See, we've gone all the way through life with our kids, from from when they were little to when they were just a little bit older to... Now, our daughter, our oldest daughter, is married and about to have our first grandchild. Somebody get Sue Ellen some Kleenex. (laughs) Like, how do you get from there to there? How do you get from vipers and diapers to here comes the bride? How do you get there? Lots of grace and lots of truth. What we're going to learn this morning is that a gospel-centered home, a gospel-centered family is full of grace and truth. Full of grace and truth. Now, where do we get that idea? Well, we get it from Jesus. In John chapter 1, verse 14, it said of Jesus Christ that he came full of grace and truth. And when Jesus Christ moves into a life, he brings grace and he brings truth. And when he moves into a family, he brings grace and he brings truth. And we're going to study these passages in Colossians 3 and and a little bit in Ephesians 6. And what I want us to learn as we unpack, what does it mean to have a a gospel-centered home, a gospel-centered family? What does it mean to be full of grace and truth? We're going to see that gospel-centered families face a test they have a track, there's a trust, and then when we get to the application and the action step, we're going to find out that there's a target, a test, a track, a trust, and a target. Now let's dig into that. What's the test of a gospel-centered family? Well, let me illustrate it from my own life. When I came to faith in Christ when I was 19 years old, I was aware of the fact that I was a sinner in need of grace. I needed a Savior. I failed Religion 101. I realized very quickly that I could not save myself through my own good works. How about you? You see, when I came to faith in Christ at 19, I knew I needed a Savior. But seven years later, when I got married, I realized in a million new ways how much I needed a Savior. I went from being an only child 
and fairly spoiled at that, to now living in close proximity with another human being that was so much more than a roommate, I realized in a fresh way, I need Jesus. And then a few years later, God blessed us with our first child, Madeline. And then our second child, 13 months later, David. And Suellen and I realized in amazing, fresh ways how much we needed Jesus. I mean, do you remember? I remember being on the front step of the hospital with Madeline when we were taking her home and thinking, these people are out of their minds to send this child home with us. That's the test. The test of parenting is that I need Jesus. None of us pass the test. We all realize very, very quickly in parenting how much we need grace and how much we need truth. Dan Allender, many years ago, I read a book that Dan Allender wrote on parenting. It was called How Children Raise Parents. And the whole point of his book is that parenting teaches us all the ways that idols capture our hearts. Listen, the test of children is very simple in this passage. The test of children is easy. Children, obey your parents. You're either obeying or you're disobeying. It's very simple. But for parents, there is much more going on. Because parenting not only tests our obedience, it tests the motives of our heart. It tests whether grace is really operating at the center of our hearts. Because there is a temptation in parenting to toenail our hearts to our kids' performance. And it starts super early. Nap time. All the moms get together, they compare notes about how their children are doing with nap time. Feeding, staying on schedule. Our hearts can become so toenailed to the performance of our kids that really we realize how much we are prone to trust in something other than sheer grace. See, we have to get upstream of technique. You can find millions of web, web pages and blogs and books and podcasts on techniques of parenting. But if you're going to have a gospel-centered home, we've got to get upstream of technique. And we've got to talk about what parenting is actually teaching us in our hearts. Are you toenailing your your heart to your kid's performance? Is every tryout and every test a verdict on your security and your significance? If it is, let me invite you to repent and believe the gospel, that you have a Savior far greater than your children. His name is Jesus, and he offers you 
something far better than your child's score on the ACT. He offers you his perfect righteousness. You need grace. You need grace to pass the test of parenting. And you need truth. You need truth. Because apart from truth, you'll trust in your own worldly wisdom to pass the test. And you'll either, you'll either feel defended or accused. But if you parent on the basis of grace and truth, not on the basis of worldly wisdom, but on the basis of Scripture, then you'll be going back again and again and again to the gospel. So that's the test of parenting. Now, what's the track? What's the track of parenting? The track of parenting is grace and truth. The track of parenting is grace and truth. We want to raise children in grace. Paul says that our children are to obey in the Lord. That means that the most important thing for our kids is to be in the Lord, in Christ. The track of parenting is to introduce our children to Jesus, to introduce our children to the Lord, to Jesus Christ, to have the good news of Jesus Christ operating deeply in their hearts. That's grace in the Lord. But we're also to raise children who obey in all things. That's truth. We're to raise children who obey the Lord in all things. And Jesus Christ answers the big questions of life. Jesus Christ answers for us the question, who am I? Now, if you listen to the world... The world will tell you that you get to determine who you are. And what we want to do instead is we want to lead our children down the track of truth. And the track of truth says that who you are is a person made in the image of God, yet scarred by sin and in need of a savior. And so from early on, we teach our children the truth that you are made by God. You're not the product of time plus matter plus chance. You are the product of a creative God who made you and fashioned you and knit you together in your mother's womb. That's truth. Who am I? Where do I belong? The world tells you that you can find belonging in a social network, and we tell our children that you can find belonging in the church. You can find belonging in a relationship with Jesus Christ, that you can find belonging in a relationship with his body, the church, a biblical community. Why am I here? The world tells us that our children have to find that unique talent, that unique spark within them. And they need to find it as early as possible and lock into that particular gift at six or seven or eight and then follow that gift all their life. Are you crazy? The Bible says that we find our purpose in the glory of God. Whatever we do, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Where are we going? 
The world says we came from nothing and we're headed to nothing. And the Bible says that we're headed to glory to be with Jesus. That we'll be with Jesus forever on a perfect earth without sin or sadness or brokenness. That Jesus came to restore all things and that we're headed to something great. So we need the track, the track of grace and the track of truth. And since we need the track of grace and truth, we need trust. You ever get discouraged as a parent? Oh, man. You ever have a sleepless night about your kids? I can't imagine starting over. But I tell you, you know what kept me going in those sleepless nights? was not trusting in my own techniques as a dad, not trusting in my wife's abilities as a mother, and she's a great mother. But what got me through those sleepless nights was trust that the God of my fathers would be a God to me and to my children. I trusted in the promises of God. I plugged my heart and my life into the truth and the promises of Scripture that were true for me and to my children. Promises like Philippians 1.6, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion even under the day of Christ Jesus. You have no idea how many times I prayed Philippians 1.6 for my children. Oh God, you promised, you began a good work in my children, bring it to completion. Or Acts 2. For the promises for you and to your children after you and to as many as the Lord our God shall call to himself. Oh, plug your heart, plug your life into the promise of God. Don't trust in yourself. Don't trust in your techniques. Trust in Christ. Trust in the promises of the word that God, the God who made you in all things, he will work through you to bring your children along in grace and truth. Plug yourself into the promises. Trust. Trust in Christ. So the test. Are you operating on the basis of the gospel? Or are you operating on the basis of your own efforts? The, the track, grace and truth. The trust in the promise, the promise of God to be a God to us and to our children, the promise that God who began a good work in your kids will bring it to completion. Now, what I want for us is this week to take a step in learning how to please the Lord. That's the action step for this week, to please the Lord. You know, it comes right out of the passage in Colossians 3. Children, obey your parents. Um, where is it? Here it is. Children, be obedient to your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. And this brings us to our fourth point, which is the target of a gospel-centered home. And the target of a gospel-centered home is the heart. Because the only way that any of us could ever be well-pleasing to the Lord is if the gospel has taken firm root in our hearts. 
Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, uh, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. In our parenting, the target of our parenting isn't an external performance, but in the drives and motives of the heart. And our hope is not in our technique, but in the gospel capturing our hearts. So if we're going to have the right target to live lives that are well-pleasing to the Lord, then we need to understand and respond to the gospel on a moment-by-moment basis. Now, what is the gospel? The gospel is this. God saves sinners. But it's super helpful to understand that who are these sinners? Well, Isaiah chapter 1, verse 2 God takes his people to task, and he says, sons have rebelled against me. You see, the context of the gospel is a relational context that we haven't just broken God's rules, we've broken God's heart. That God made us and fashioned us, but we've rebelled against him. We've turned our back on our God, and he is brokenhearted. That's the bad news. But the good news of the gospel is this, that God saves sinners. How did he do it? He did it by giving a son. Sons had rebelled against him, and it took a son to bring us back home. It took a son, the son of God, Jesus Christ, to come and put on our humanity and live the life that we should have lived and die the death we deserve to die. John 3.16 says it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. See, the promise of the gospel is that sons who have rebelled could be sons again through faith in Jesus Christ. And that when Jesus Christ moves into a life, he gives the Holy Spirit. And by the Holy Spirit, we cry out confidently, Abba, Father, for our parenting and for our children, we target the heart with the gospel and we say, Jesus, reign and rule in my heart as a dad, as a mom, And Jesus, reign and rule in the heart of my child with grace and truth. We don't target external performance. We target the heart with the gospel. The only thing that can capture the heart of your child is Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ doesn't capture its heart, something else will. Approval, success, money, power, control, pleasure. But through the gospel, targeting the heart, Christ can reign and rule in the heart. And when Christ reigns and rules in the heart, we can please the Lord. We can. We can please the Lord by obeying our parents. We can please the Lord by raising children in the nurture and discipline, the the discipline and instruction of the Lord, Ephesians 6, 4. We can please the Lord. How? 
Oh, because God is pleased with us through Jesus. Listen, if you could catch the face of God, he would have a smile on his face. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, he would have a smile on his face because he's pleased with you, because he's pleased with your Savior, his Son, Jesus Christ. And if that's true, if that's true, then our first priority and our last priority as parents is to raise our children to know, trust, and follow Jesus Christ. That's how. That's how we'll raise children that please the Lord in obedience, not by observance to outward performance, but through faith in Jesus Christ. What does it mean to live a gospel-centered life in your home? It means to have a life full of grace and full of truth. Not grace apart from truth and not truth apart from grace, full of both grace and truth. And when grace and truth move in into the center of your life, what kind of life will you live? You'll live a life pleasing to the Lord because he's already pleased with you because of Jesus Christ, his son, your savior. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the gift of the gospel. Thank you for the hope of eternal life. Lord, I pray that you would work in every heart in this room, that, Lord, we could pass the test of grace and truth. We could pass the test of grace that we know Jesus Christ, your Son, as our Savior. If that's not true of you, won't you trust him now? Won't you say to Jesus, Jesus, I admit that I've sinned against you in many ways, and I'm sorry. Jesus, I believe that you lived the life I should have lived and died the death I deserve to die. Come into my life as Savior and Lord. Help me become the person you want me to be. Jesus, I pray for, for every family, for every home, that we wouldn't trust in technique, but we would trust in you. That we would trust in grace to move in and we would trust in truth to move in. Lord, as we come to this table, that we would invite you to strengthen and empower and help us all to the praise of your glory and grace. I pray in your name, Jesus. Amen.